Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is on assignment. But running the boards is Joey D. I'm here. On today's show, I will talk with Gareth von Kallenbach about tomorrow's special day, Star Wars Day. Star Wars day. I will also completely nerd about it, about the big thing that's happening again tomorrow as well. Apex Legends is dropping their next season. Ooh, new patch. Ooh, big patch. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. .com. Let's get our blogs, podcasts, and more. More. Or just search for BJJ's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app, and you'll find us. Plenty of ways to get a hold of us, and uh, always fun to interact with our Geek Nationals, so please do so. Uh, first up, let's get with our good friend, Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach, because, yes, tomorrow is a very special day. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Review, that is SKNR.net, and tomorrow is a pretty big day for myself, because it's my birthday, but in addition to that, it's kind of an international holiday, too. Star Wars Day, may the 4th be with you, and we've got some Star Wars news, uh, don't we, Gareth? Oh, absolutely. Everything from a, the debut of the new animated show, Star Wars The Bad Batch on Disney+, Plus to uh, some new merchandise coming out. I've already got some news on uh, a couple of things fans can look forward to. And then, of course, as the day unfolds, there are going to be all sorts of new things. We've got all sorts of rumors that people are saying, are we going to hear more about the Rogue One movie? Are we going to hear more about their future movie plans? Are we going to find out some footage? I mean, like people have said, Let's not forget Obi-Wan's in pre-production and or is already rolling. Are we going to get some more stuff on that? I've heard reports that uh, the Book of Boba Fett has already completed a big chunk of filming. Wow. Uh, we don't know where they are with the Mandalorian, so are we going to get news on that? And, of course, then there's also the, oh, are we going to get some more news about some of these video games that are in the work? Uh, but expect a lot of it, that's for sure. One of the things that was kind of interesting for me was, I think last week was, there was a report that there was possibly at the Disney parks they were going to maybe debut uh, real-life lightsabers, and yes. I'm... I'm cautiously optimistic that for somehow, some way, they'll have that. I know that you can make your own droids and lightsabers at uh, Galaxy's Edge, um, but they're not functional. The, you know, because you don't want to give a random person a lightsaber. But have you heard anything beyond just the fact that there was somebody that reported that they were that they showed off something that looked like a fully functional lightsaber? There were rumors in that regard, yes, going around. And see, that's a great question because you're kind of in that fun bit right now where the parks are reopening, uh, but they're not allowed to have uh, the masses. There's a lot of controversy over what exactly the definition for out-of-state guests is. There's uh, talk that they can come provided they show a full vaccination, but then apparently the law doesn't allow them to request the vaccine card, so therefore it's California residents only. So if this is something that is going to roll out, they might hold off on this until a later date, or they might show some kind of uh, release and say more details to come. Um, you, you know, the, the whole 
load of rumors is crazy. They just had a launch video for their new cruise ship, The Wish, which is the first of three new ones coming. There are a lot of people saying we're going to get some announcements of uh, Star Wars cruises coming as they expect the cruises to start ramping up soon. So just so many rumors out there, and that's the beautiful thing about it. And that's like my favorite part about it is when you get down to that speculation. And I know that the Bad Batch does come out tomorrow and we've had a rundown um, for a couple of months now of exactly what it's going to be following. Can you uh, recap us on that? Yeah, basically, it's going to be a continuation of the Clone Wars series, essentially a spinoff. Uh, that deals with the clone troopers that were introduced in the last season, known as the Bad Batch, who had mutations that made them not so willing to follow orders, but also enhanced abilities from sharpshooting to tech to tactical, so on and so forth. And it essentially will take place right as Order 66 is being implemented at the end of the Clone Wars. And the idea behind it is this group is essentially going to become renegades and it is going to focus on the time frame that we haven't really seen from when the empire took over and how the early days of it were established Uh, certain things like the uh, debate over moving from a clone army to a conscripted army as a cost-saving measure that sort of thing and things like that moving forward they're going to introduce some new characters as well as old ones, and it it looks like it's going to be pretty solid. That's actually really exciting. Like, I just love the fact that they're going to be continuing all of this lore is going through in between all of the movies. And that was one of the things that kind of uh, really excited me when it came down to exploring the galaxy far, far away is, yeah, we know everything really not at this point for the Skywalker saga, but I want to hear, and this is why I love like stuff like the Clone Wars when they were branching away from Anakin and Obi-Wan, was getting to see how other people are dealing with what is going going on in the universe or the galaxy because you you get all of the big stuff that's going on this big cataclysmic fight all these huge wars but i want to see what it how it's affecting the common people and this is kind of what you get to see out of it sure these guys right here are elite troops but you get to see how they're dealing with the whole upheaval and even when we were watching the mandalorian you get to see what's going on in the outer rim after you know all hell breaks loose Exactly. And that's the beautiful thing about that. And of course, you know, from the business side of it, you're perpetuating a franchise forward and you're also making uh, merchandise available. I, I can tell you some of the merchandise I've already had confirmed. So that's really interesting. And of course, uh, some of it is Bad Batch related. So their marketing and PR team is full on to this. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Uh, what's some of the merch that you can talk about? Well, a couple of companies like Toy NK is doing uh, 20% off Star Wars merchandise. And one of the things that they're doing is they're offering a free Bad Batch Clone Force uh, enamel pin with any order $50 or more. And then we're hearing some interesting things coming down the lines like, um, you know, Yoda plushes, uh, Talking Ray plushes, Star Wars tiki mugs, Jabba the Hutt uh, (laughs) style Uh, tiki mugs and some of these more interesting things are like a luke skywalker lightsaber desk lamp and a (laughs) millennium falcon area rug mandalorian bathrobe a chewbacca bathrobe but here is the really really interesting stuff and this is coming from gentle giant 
And they said that there's going to be a mini bust of the character Wrecker, who is one of the new ones in the Bad Batch. And they will also have, and this one I think is going to sell really, really fast, a Rebel Pilot Biggs Darklighter mini bust. As well as a new jumbo 12-inch vintage style Darth Vader. So for those that are trying to figure that out, think of the original figurine from back in 77, 78, blown up to a 12-inch size. And uh, it's already out right now. It's uh, one other thing. Um, Pure Arts has a, they're limited edition, so you better have some money to spend. But the hollow chests, they have the actual figurines. And they are realistic size, so you can place them out and kind of make your own hollow chest battles with the little scorpion things and the giant trolls and all of that. So if you're a big fan and you don't want to pull an arm out if you lose, that's an option for you as well. Did they ever, like, make the rules for that game? I'm just throwing it out at you like, like I don't know if you know or not. But it seems like that would be something that at least the fans would make a whole thing of. You know, I think they did. Someone gave me a Sabic deck, and I haven't learned how to play it yet. But <laughs> I, I remember a few years ago, there was a company, I think it was in um, crowdfunding, where they were essentially trying to make a computer game version of the Hollow Chess where you could essentially play it that way. And I don't know, I never really heard much of it, so I don't know if it came out and or never did come out and you know didn't catch on. But I would think there has to be some kind of rules out there for it. Yeah, uh, that would be something I'd be super excited for. I mean, I just love the fact that uh, even if it is not like official canon, a lot of the times the fandom will go way out of their way to ensure that they can make something like this. Hell, man, I remember, oh, this is easily over 20 years ago that they had, uh, you remember the show Cops? Mm-hmm. They did the uh, the little movie version called Troops, where it was stormtroopers going around dealing with stuff, including you know having to deal with uh, maybe the uh, uh, incinerated incinerated corpses of uh, uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru, and uh, all of these different sort of things. Like I love it when the fans can make that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, and it's so interesting too because I remember uh, the the folks who did Troops. Uh, intended to do a sequel and it never happened and we saw this you know huge splurge of fan films and some of them were eh, and some of them were quite good (laughs) and i think what's happened while you still occasionally see them i think people are handing uh, stepping back from them because as we saw with uh, Star Trek, it started to get kind of crazy. You had this production that was in the works that had over a million dollars in backing. It had, um, you know, a lot of people who had appeared on the shows. And at that point, the studio stepped in and started flexing their legal muscle. And after, you know, they got it down to, well, you can only do like 10 minute segments. You can't do these full, mm-hmm. you know, produce things and if you do 10 minute segments only a couple of them can be related and i think in some ways that's kind of pushed back the fan film aspect of it because people are now okay you know do we really want to run afoul of this you know it was one thing when there weren't movies being cranked out but now that they're actively cranking out new movies that they're actively cranking out new tv shows people are stepping back but i i think there's been a balance in that as long as it's not <laughs> clearly a commercial venture yeah and as long as it appears to be truly a group of fans and not a professionally backed with professional people in it they're generally going to look the other way 
Yeah, and even in some cases, as we had with the 501st, which is a charity organization, Disney has actually conscripted them to help them out, especially with like the Mandalorian, because they needed people who had all the uniforms. And these people go so deep into these uniforms and some amazing creations, and they're all fan based and like just so cool. Exactly. And see, and that's the beautiful thing about that. They understand the value of the fans to these franchises. That's why when you see things like next year when Star Wars Celebration comes, the bulk of it's already sold out. And that was before they even knew that, oh, boy, we're going to have to push it back a year. The fans are excited about this, despite, you know, the rhetoric of, oh, I hate the movies. I hate this. People still love Star Wars. The studio loves seeing this. They love seeing the costumes and the hybrids. I know that when we personally went to the one a few years ago that was in Anaheim's uh, versus sending people who were closer to the ones around the world, the costumes and the variations were amazing. I mean, I see a lot of great costumes at the conventions we cover, but some of the, you know, the, the, the ideas like steampunk Boba Fett and, <laughs> you know, all these hybrids and then some that are so incredibly detailed uh, where you would see, you know, I, I saw one for like where the cast of rebels even stopped and said, Oh, that's amazing. Come on up here. And uh, you know, it, it was just amazing to see the amount of love and the detail and how some of the most obscure things um, were brought to life. And you would hear stories of people who were in the creative process saying, Hey, you know, let's keep in touch and let's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. do that. Because like you said, case in point, the 501st, who better uh, when you need help than people who are essentially living it every single day. <laughs> right. And so dedicated to the intricacies. And like, you know, sometimes you make, fun, you'll make fun or poke fun at the star Wars fans who are quick to correct you uh, about some tiny detail that you might not necessarily get correct. But at that same point, it's because there's that fervor and that fandom. And I'm not talking about the negative Nancy's, but the ones who are very, very excited all of the time. And they want to talk about it. They want to tell you about their, their favorite random species that is maybe had you know two seconds of airtime or that one character that they're shipping with another character because everybody loves the star wars universe in their own special way exactly and the so and the beautiful thing about this is is the debate i mean it i sit here at times and i go geez people are just never happy and you get these people sitting here complaining about they don't like the type of they don't like the movies they didn't like the new trilogy but yet at the same time, they're, well, when's the next movie coming out so I can see how bad it's going to suck? And it's, yeah, right. <laughs> and it's like, and you know, meanwhile, while the studio, you know, wants good, positive view, they're sitting there going, hey, as long as your tail's in the seat and your money's going down on the counter, we've done our job. Because at the right. bottom, at the end of the day, that's their job is to make money off these franchises. And then, you know, whenever there's a new video game announcement, you always Ooh. hear these people, oh, it looks good. And then you have someone, what do you mean it sucks? They should have done this five years ago. And it, it's just like, <laughs> you know, I, I remember growing up when we didn't have the Internet and we'd all get together and talk Star Wars, <laughs> and it wasn't nearly so toxic. And then right as the prequels came out, the Internet was really getting established and established. And then you had that toxic element of, you know, you know. I still remember that 
that fantastic line from The Simpsons where uh, Comic Book Man comes out of Cosmic Moors and worst episode ever. I'm only going to see it five more times today. And then he gets right back in line. It's like, yep. Yep, I understand that. And you know what? It's the fandom that uh, loves to hate sometimes, but it's because they are so passionate about it. Tomorrow's going to be a fantastic day for Star Wars fans. I know that Skewed and Reviewed will be having up all of that news as it's coming out. A lot of announcements, more than what we just talked about today. Very excited for that. Very excited for the Bad Batch. You can get more information at SKNR.net or follow Skewed and Reviewed on all social media. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care now. Thank you, Gareth. And moving on from that, uh, another thing that is happening tomorrow is that Apex Legends, which is a free-to-play microtransaction um, battle royale game, uh, usually it's 60 people in teams of three go in, they drop into various things with their uh, asymmetrical characters to go and shoot each other until there's one team left. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, I went super deep into Season 8, which was the last one that completed, got all of my... Uh, Bought the battle pass and uh, completed the whole thing. Got all the cool little uh, fun little skins and everything, um, which is another thing with Apex Legends. It's pretty amazing in just the terms of uh, it's not a pay-to-win game. Uh, all of these stuff that you can buy uh, with their special coins are skins um, for the guns, little charms for the guns, costumes for the characters, um, or even some of the characters themselves can be unlocked. Um, but you still have a good starting off uh, with all of that. Well, Season 9 is happening, and it is dubbed Legacy, and there is a lot going on. First off, this is launching on May 4th, so if you're listening to us when it drops, it'll come out tomorrow, and if not, then it's probably already out now. Um, The first thing is that there is a new character called Valkyrie. Now, if you don't know, Respawn Entertainment created Titanfall 2, and in that there was a bad guy called Viper, well, Valkyrie is the daughter of Viper because the whole thing, both of these take place in the same universe. Apex Legends is essentially, like, I think, 70 years after or something along those lines. So this character, Valkyrie, is a is the daughter of Viper, which people were hoping that maybe Viper would show up, but he was dead and uh, oh. 70 years later, so you can't do that. Um, or maybe not 70. I don't know how the timelines work. It's all confusing to me. But what does happen is that she is... Uh, kind of an amazing character in terms of whenever they do all their different abilities, they have something that usually hasn't been brought to the table before. And with her, uh, she has a jetpack, which means normally when you drop down, you drop and you land and you're good and you're running around doing your thing. Well, with her, she can now go up into the sky with her squad mates and then go land somewhere else. So if you're getting killed by the uh, force field that goes around to make the map smaller to encourage combat, um, well, suddenly uh, you can uh, fly yourself right out of there. Uh, She has a bunch of other different passives and uh, a pretty neat little ability where she just shoots a whole bunch of missiles at everyone. So stuff like that is super fun. Uh, They're also adding uh, arenas, which is instead of the uh, one on 20 teams or one on 19 teams at that point in time, it's more one on one. So kind of tournament style when it comes down to that. Imagine like uh, arenas in World of Warcraft when you're doing your PvP and stuff like that. Um, New maps, changing maps, and they kind of shuffle the maps around a little bit and do some little changes when it comes down to that. So you'll be able to check all of that out. I'm very excited for it. 
Uh, I don't know if I'll get the Battle Pass this time because I don't know if I need all the funky skins or anything like that. It was fun to try out, and it's good to have the goals because it's neat to kind of go along with it. Um, but I'll definitely be playing the crap out of this. So if you see Rev and Fuego out there, you can add me on uh, the PlayStation Network because that's where I play it. But it's cross-play, so you can literally mm -hmm. play with anybody that you want. What character do you normally play, Rev? Recently, I've been playing Horizon, which is the gravity person because you can uh, basically make little wells that like shoot up, shoot you up into the air. Oh. And if you're a good enough troll, you can uh, launch your uh, teammates into uh, uh, the out of bounds area and kill them. I see. Which I might do every once in a while. <laughs> Catch. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hey, you're going to go get that loot box. No, you just launch yourself off the side. And now it's Brev's loot box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm the pain in the ass when it comes down to but that. you can res them. I could res them, and usually I do after I laugh very heartily. Um, so, yeah, that's out there. If you see me play and uh, have some fun with that. Now it is time for The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. What's going on, Vicky? I'm going to talk about one of Joey's favorite things. Yay. It's not time travel. Oh, okay. As I was about to say, time travel. No, it's plot holes. Oh, time traveling plot holes. I love plot no. holes. Uh, <laughs> so I, it's funny because like I was actually looking through these and I'm like, I have had all of these thoughts. And oh. it was 17 plot holes in Disney films that fans found that we cannot stop thinking about. I am an adult and still thinking about these things as a child. Ooh, okay. This will be interesting. Uh, some of these are with, obviously, the newer movies, so I'm not sure if you guys have seen Frozen. Uh, no, no, I've been able to avoid Frozen. Uh, I mean, it's not as bad as everyone says it is, and I think everyone that complains about it is because they have kids that have made them watch it over and over and over again. Fair enough, which yeah. Which is why I'm not a fan of Ferdinand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but there's a part where they need, like, an act of love, basically, and, like, to cure Anna. And so the fact that Olaf was, you know, he had a, he helped to put a fire together or something, and he was standing by the fire so Anna, uh, Anna could get warmed up. He's like, but you're melting. It's like, well, some people are worth melting for. That be, they believe that that act alone should have saved her, as opposed to like obviously later her sister's act yeah. of love. It's like I never thought of that one specifically because, well, especially since Olaf is the best character because of his name. Olaf. Olaf. Why? Olaf the Snowman. <laughs> Seriously, if you were to watch Frozen, I think you would be like super like excited about Olaf. I don't think you'd care about the rest of the movie, Joe, but I think you would love Olaf. Oh no! Every time he come on screen, I'd be like, "Get him, Olaf! You're the man." <laughs> Uh, all right, so Aladdin. We've all seen Aladdin. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Wasn't this one of your favorites, somebody's? Um, I liked it a lot, uh, mostly because of Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, this yes. is top five easily. Mm -hmm. uh, so Aladdin actually should have been turned into a proper prince and not just prince-like. So in Disney's Aladdin and all the talk about him lying about being a prince, dude wished to be a prince, not make me look like a prince or give me the wealth of the prince, he was very clear and specific about it. There wasn't any room for a genie to weasel around the words, so he should have had land and titles and even parents now. So when Jafar huh. wished to rule as high as Sultan, he then becomes the Sultan. He stole his clothes and everything, and that wording has a lot more wiggle room for the genie to mess with. Oh, I've got an argument for this one. So <laughs> Aladdin wasn't lying to anybody. He was a prince. Well, and here's the deal. Now, the entire movie is them trying to get to that wish. Because how do you become a prince? You marry a princess. Oh. So the entire movie, he was faking it because he had to get married and be officially that. So when well, they get married at the end... He can be a prince and marries a princess of somewhere else. Well, yeah, but this is the way for the genie to fulfill that right. wish. 
So it was the long game. And then also at that point, I feel the genie would be doing that mm-hmm. because if he backs out of that last wish of being like, you won't wish me free, well then pff, everything's null and void. You promise me, buddy. Right, but he did wish him free. He did. Uh, you guys love Monsters, Inc. as much as I do? Probably not, but have you seen it? Probably not, but I did. I have seen bits of it. I haven't okay. watched the whole thing. I did enjoy that movie a lot, but I doubt I love it as much as you do. That is fair. <laughs> it is on Disney+. Plus. I definitely recommend going back and watching it because it's a fun movie even for adults. Uh, has great voice actors. Obviously, John Goodman. Uh, is phenomenal. And Billy Crystal is great too, yeah. Yep. And I think, what is it? Steve Buscemi's in it as well. And as, <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, anywho. <laughs> Mike Wazowski says in the first movie, you've been jealous of my good looks since the fourth grade. But in the second movie that comes out, which is actually the prequel, they actually met in college for the first time. That's where they first met. So that's just like, it's, yeah. it becomes null and void basically. It could just be like, you've been jealous of me forever. It's Yeah, they need to go back and uh, redub that. Yeah, it's like, I've been fresh since 1986, but I'm born in 1988. So, you know, but it's just a phrase. All right, this one, I feel like everyone has had this thought about Toy Story. Uh Uh-oh. So in Toy Story, Buzz thinks he really is a space ranger and not a toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, anytime Andy or any other person comes into the room, he frees and acts like a toy. Obviously, it's not an involuntary response because they come to life in front of Sid. Ooh, okay, because that's what I would, the first argument I was going to be. I was like, what if it's just an involuntary response? Like, it's a, 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 a toy-created panic, you know, mode. Like, suddenly, there's a child in there, and, like, the toy sensor, you know, internal sensor. Mm-mm. You know, like, when you feel someone's watching you, but mm-hmm. there's no one around you? It's just that thing. But if they can consciously do it with Sid, which you're right. Right. They, they can, because even when... Uh, Woody was coming up with the plan. He says, okay, guys, we're going to have to break a few rules here. Ah, So yeah. that is a rule they know like internally that, nope, we're not supposed to do this. But he was still doing it. <laughs> uh, Beauty and the Beast. So we, we know the story of Beauty and the Beast in the sense of the Beast basically tells this old haggard witch, get away from here. I'm not letting you stay here. You know, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I am actually this beautiful witch and I'm going to curse you. Yep. And she curses him with this rose. And it's like, you need to find true love, basically, by the time before this- Before the bef- petal falls. Right. Yeah. So the thing that's a little weird, right, is she wants shelter from the cold and curses him. So he is technically 21 uh-huh. or almost 21, at least when the events of Beauty and the Beast happen. So that means if it's been about 10 years, he was only like 11 years old. So she cursed this 11-year-old for not wanting the strange person to come into his castle. That is a really good point. Like, I mean, it's just like, what do you tell children? It's like, first off, you shouldn't answer the door. Uh, Don't answer the phone. Well, I guess not anymore. I guess that's just a thing. These are the things that I remember Mm -hmm. growing up. And around this time, it would be the same thing. There's a few other plot points. There's a part where Belle is going into the, I think, the West Tower, West Wing, where she's not supposed to be. And there is a, like, painting of him that he had ripped up. And it's a painting of what he looked like, but he looks like an adult. So my theory is he was probably 21 and he froze in time at that age. Oh, uh, okay. Good call. Good However, call. my thing is, too, you have all these villagers and stuff. He lives in the middle of the woods far away. I mean, the villagers were able to, like, do an angry mob in the middle of the night walking there, no problem. So it can't be that far. But if it's only been 11 years, how is it the villagers have no idea of this castle? Castles are huge. Right, exactly. You know, (laughs) obviously, like, if he's a prince or whatever, he's 
a king, they should have known that somebody lived there at some point. Mm-hmm. So it just seems a little weird. Um, Lilo and Stitch, one of my favorites. Uh-oh. What's the one with this one? It's a little, a little off. Okay, so the first time Lilo and Stitch meet each other is when she goes to, you know, go adopt a dog. And she goes and looks at all the dogs. They had found Stitch because he got hit by a truck. Like with like 18 wheels. He got hit by every single wheel. So they brought him there because they're like, we don't know what the hell this is. Yeah, right. Um, So he's in a kennel with other dogs, like what appears to be dead. And so the lady even says like, oh, no, not that dog. We thought it was dead. It's like, why would you keep a dead dog just in the kennel? That's a a great question. With with living dogs waiting to be adopted. Like, and especially when you have little kids coming in to go pick out their pet. I mean, yeah. That's pretty messed up. It's dead. It's blue. It's got, what, six legs. And we're just going to throw it in here with the other dogs. Yeah. It was to keep the other dogs in line. No, oh, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, send a message. Ugh, that got dark. Yes. Um. So another one. Do you guys watch Hercules? Hercules, oh, that the animated movie? one? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. so good. I, mm, I, I have issues with it. I have actually recently gone back and rewatched it. Oh. And Doesn't I, sound like they got better. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if this issue is what I'm going to talk about. All right. So we know the whole idea was that Zeus, granted, this is very off from the actual mythology because Zeus That's is not with banging oh, yeah. everything inside. He is, has one wife and one child. Well, I kind of understand that in a Disney movie. Right, but. exactly. Right. So <laughs> they kidnap baby Hercules. So, you know, Hades and his, minion, his minions go kidnap Hercules from his crib in the middle of the night and they need to turn him mortal so they can kill him mm-hmm. because it has been prophesized that he is the one that's going to bring down his plans in like, what is it, 18 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 18 years, you are going to be able to rule this because the planets are going to align, but he's going to stop you, so you need to stop him now. So they send him to give him the the being immortal beverage, if you will, in Mm -hmm. a bottle. He drinks everything except the last drop, and he ends up still having superpowers. He's not immortal, but he still has super strength. And he ends up, like, getting away from his two captors until these other people go and adopt him. So the captors, I forget what their names are, but one of them is voiced by Panic and, oh, Pain and Panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, well, you know, he doesn't have, uh, Hades doesn't have to find out. He's not going to find out. It's fine. We don't tell him this. We, he, he, you know, he's not immortal anymore, but, you know, he's not dead. So we just won't tell him. The plot hole is. Hades would have known. He sees every soul that comes down to the big soupy pit. Basically. Oh yeah. Uh, was it not the river sticks, but yeah, wherever that. Yeah, yeah, soup yeah. Of the souls. whole like yeah, yeah, the whole well of whatever right. or whatever it is. Yeah. He would have seen him. Yeah. So why is it that like he would? And he would have like, been looking for it. Right. Why wouldn't he be like, okay, where's the baby? The most important soul to be in Hades or the underworld. Right. Would be that one, and he would be looking for that. That's that one. Uh, anyway, well, you know, there's another that for reason you. why I hate that movie. Honestly. Is that the oh. one where the witches try to cut the thread? Yes. At the end. Yeah. And What's shiny? wrong with my scissors? Not yeah, shiny. yeah. <laughs> I just had a whole issue with that movie ruining Hercules and the mythology of it all. Just. Mm, I mean, mm. it was. It's still a fun movie. Yeah, I mean, it's all right. Uh, Cinderella's shoes should have been dusted. You know, when midnight hit, the carriage turned into a pumpkin. The horse turned into what is it? A mule. Uh, and so her outfit turned back into tatters. But why didn't her shoe? Why? Because it wasn't on her body. I have no good reason. But she still go had the second one. 
Oh, did she have so, both of them? So, oh, she yeah. had, so she lost one, and they were looking for her. And so in the whole scene, because it's been a minute since I've seen it, <laughs> she comes down and she's like, oh, wait, wait, I'm here, I'm here. Like, oh, fit yeah. mine, and her stepmother trips the guy, and, and his shoe breaks, breaks. and she's right. like, it's okay, I yeah. still have the other one. Uh, uh, dang. So, I got nothing on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plot <laughs> hole. These are the ones with curses where it's like, same thing with like the genie thing. Like, th- is the wish or the curse fulfilled at a certain point, or is it like long term over the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, another one that you're going to love for Hercules. Hercules. So, mm. Hercules could not become a god until he has proven himself, like with self-sacrifice. It wasn't until the very end when he sacrificed or gave up his life for Meg, right? Yep. But he should have become a god by Zeus's standards way before saving Meg. Like one example being when he uh, sacrificed himself in the Hydra, when the Hydra swallows mm-hmm. him, and that's when he you know, gets him from the inside. Explodes out, yeah, yeah. There have been many occasions where he has sacrificed himself in the like to do this, so he should have been a god a long time ago, but that would have made this sh- the movie a lot shorter. Right, and that was the whole thing, too. Also, at the fact of it is that Zeus is a dirty liar. At least they got that part right. Like, I mean, sure, he's a womanizer, he fornicates everywhere, and you can't put that in a Disney movie, but they did get the lying liar who lies very well on that. Right. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.